You are listening to the Business Life and Coffee Podcast, Episode 8, brought to you by Jumpstart HR LLC. Did you know that natural disasters cost the U.S. $29 billion per year? Most notably, the city of New Orleans is still rebuilding as it commemorates the 10-year anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. Also, are you struggling with managing your time at work? This week's article is all about productivity. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Bob Hartwig, president and economist at the Insurance Information Institute. He's going to share why Mother Nature is public enemy number one for your home and business and what you can do to stop her in her tracks. Grab a cup of your favorite brew and let's get started. This week's article of the week is found on the American Express Open Forum. The title is The Productivity Hacks, How to Get Twice as Much Done in Half the Time by Mike Michaelwitz, CEO of the Provendus Group. In the article, he says, everyone seems obsessed with productivity. We're all trying to do more in less time, always hoping we'll cross the last thing off our to-do list. Here's the plain truth. That to-do list is endless. Not only that, but if you measure success solely by the number of tasks you do, you're doomed. We have to start redefining productivity. It's not the number of tasks we accomplish that matters. It's the quality, the benefits of those tasks that really matters. So we must start with our definition. Productivity is accomplishing the most important task more efficiently. Here are Mike's three tips on how to get things done quicker and more efficiently. Number one, rethink deadlines. Number two, understanding burst work. Number three, making a list. And be sure to visit this article at AmericanExpress.com in the open forum section. The first one, rethinking deadlines. Once you redefine productivity, one of the most useful exercises is to learn a little bit more about human nature and human behavior. Work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. What this means is that a task will take as long as we allot to accomplish it. A deadline can either push us to work harder or it can be the perfect excuse to drag a task out much longer than necessary. You know, this is one of the reasons why I like to set, uh, I like to overset goals so that um, I make sure that I, I try to reach deadlines on time because if you stretch things out to a due date that's closer to the deadline, then you'll tend to drag. And I found that the closer you get to a deadline, the more emerging priorities pop up. So it's always a good thing just to check with your schedule and, um, if something's due on a Thursday, why not complete it on a Tuesday or shoot for a Tuesday so that you've got a buffer uh, in between the actual due date and uh, when you'd like to deliver. Number two, understanding burst work. Another technique that works for the author is burst work. Many of us aren't marathon runners. If we commit to long periods of working, our drive wanes, we fatigue, but we can work hard for shorter periods of time. The key to burst work is taking frequent breaks to refresh your focus and drive. The best breaks involve physically moving around. Change your scenery. Go for a walk. Do some push-ups. If you clear your head, you'll be ready to buckle down and do another burst of work. You know, I really didn't understand burst work until I started watching Mad Men. And uh, this may sound strange, but... You know, they had couches in their office. They'd go out for for drinks or for lunch, you know, just to get a breath of fresh air and take their mind off of work a bit. And then they go back to the long hours. Um, 
you may not work at an ad agency, uh, and neither do I, but really there is something to be said for Michael's explanation of burst work. Um, I, I tend to find that the more I take rest, the more I can jump back into work focused. So like he said, I do get fatigued. What about you? Okay, and for the last one, he says make a list. Finally, one of the most important and effective productivity hacks I've found is to list everything I need to accomplish and prioritize those tasks. I jot down tasks that occur to me throughout the day so I don't stress about having to remember them. After I've compiled the list, I have three symbols I use as shorthand to help me identify tasks that deserve my attention before all the others. If you want to know Michael's recommendations for shorthand for his list, and if you want to learn more about productivity hacks, why don't you visit the AmericanExpress.com website and find the open forum article entitled Productivity Hacks, How to Get Twice as Much Done in Half the Time. Do you have a productivity hack to share? Tweet me at JVPSaid on Twitter and follow me on Instagram at JVPSaw. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at jumpstarthr. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. Severe weather events cause billions of dollars in damage. On average, disasters cost the U.S. $29 billion per year. How do you know if you are ready for the next disaster? Joining us this morning on Business Life and Coffee is Dr. Bob Hartwig, President and Economist of the Insurance Information Institute. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Great. Uh, what are the primary lessons learned from big disasters such as Hurricane Katrina, Superstorms, Sandy, wildfires, and earthquakes? Well, sadly, we've learned from major disasters in the past that many small businesses in particular are not well prepared. Uh, and what typically happens is they simply don't have enough insurance or they don't have the right insurance or some combination of those two. And so the first thing we advise is that you sit down, take a look at your insurance policy, identify any inadequacies uh, that may be there, and sit down with your insurance professional, your agent, your broker, and make sure you cover all of those gaps that you find in your policy. And and there are a couple of key areas for businesses to consider in particular. Obviously, you want to make sure you have enough property insurance to cover any damage or destruction to your property that occurs. Um, and you also want to make sure that if necessary, if you're in a flood-prone area, you need to have a flood policy. You might be able to secure that through a private insurer. You may need to get it through the National Flood Insurance Program. But one area where businesses often run into difficulty is they have not properly insured their inventories. 
and you may have hundreds of thousands, you know, thousands, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars of inventory uh, in your place of business. And at certain times of the year, such as peak season, you might have even more. So you want to make sure that you have insured your, uh, your inventory that you have there. And one way to do that, of course, and to insure your business overall, to make sure that you're properly insured, and to expedite the claim process afterward, is to take a business inventory. We advise homeowners to do this. We advise businesses to do this. And so what that means is you need to go through the business, look at all your business equipment, uh, and you need to look at your, your actual inventory that's going to be offered for sale, and even such things as your vehicles. You want to make sure that uh, you've documented uh, your vehicles, uh, what they look like now, because they could be severely damaged in some types of disasters and you're going to photograph all of this and you're going to store in a remote location and this will help expedite the claims process uh, afterward you'll be able to document the position the uh, the possessions that you have for your business the property that you have the state of the property uh, and then that'll be compared to uh, the damage that's actually done and again uh, this will move things along much more quickly in the event there is a major disaster that's really great advice and in the era of smartphones and digital photography it should be easy enough to just snap pictures of your inventory and, and keep track that way, right? Absolutely. You can uh, take pictures. You can record the value of these uh, assets. Uh, you can uh, take pictures of receipts, for example. Um, but at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you've got a, a backup. Uh, not only, again, you're going to have a digital backup, you're going to have photographs, um, but your day-to-day -day business records are of value, too. For instance, uh, something that's of most value to many small businesses is going to be their client list. And that could be sitting on a, a computer uh, in your business uh, or in your home office. And if that happens to be wiped out by a fire uh, or by a flood or even something like, uh, like a lightning strike uh, could cause an issue and, and basically fry your, your server. And, and then what? You have no information left uh, to restart your business. So what you need to consider is getting this information up on the cloud. Uh, that's going to be part of any strong continuity plan uh, that you have today. And uh, we advise that you visit the Insurance Information Institute's website at iii.org where we have a whole host of uh, videos, uh, uh, papers um, on the issue of business insurance and how to properly insure your business and recover from a disaster. Yes, listeners, please, please take a look at that website for more information. Um, switching gears to our home life now, uh, are there any disasters that are not covered in standard home and renter's insurance policy? Right. A standard homeowner's policy is going to cover you for most types of disasters, except the two major exceptions are going to be flooding and earthquake. And again, just as with businesses, you're going to need to purchase a separate flood insurance policy. And uh, that will cover you from uh, you know, rising water or from storm surge, for example, uh, things that many people in the coastal areas or people live along rivers or lakes or many parts of the country are actually prone to water related damage. So make sure you've got that even if you're not in a flood zone. The cost is very, very affordable uh, and it's available throughout the United States. Now if you're in some parts of the country, particularly parts of the West, but other parts as well, uh, uh, the New Madrid area and Southern Missouri and uh, a few other places, you want to make sure you want to consider earthquake coverage. Uh, that is also not covered under a standard homeowner's insurance policy and uh, the, really that's going to be the only thing that's going to protect you in the event that your home uh, or your business is damaged or destroyed in the event of an earthquake. And so that's something to consider. Uh, we haven't had a major earthquake in the United States in about 20 years, but it's not a matter of if, it's simply a matter of when.
Right, that's a great point. And I was just in San Francisco a few weeks ago for business, and the whole time I was thinking, I wonder if there's going, I wonder if there's going to be an earthquake. I wonder if there's going to be an earthquake. Is this when the big one's going to be hit? Yeah, going to hit. And you know, we had one in Napa last year. It was a minor quake, and we have them around the U.S. We even had one in Virginia that damaged the Washington Monument a few years ago. Uh, yeah, but uh, I, I, I survived that. I survived that quake. I'm glad to hear it, <laughs> uh, but um, you know it could have it could have been a lot worse, especially in parts of the country like that which are not used to such things. And um, yeah. so it's something you want to consider in areas that where earthquakes are relatively uh, remote in terms of their likelihood. The cost is going to be very very affordable. Okay, that's good. And so a lot of us, um, you know, we we purchase insurance policies, but we really don't like to read the fine print, or we'll just We'll just pick insurances based off of the commercial that made us laugh or, or the one that we thought was the best, right? Uh, but what are the key things to consider when buying a home or renter's insurance policy, and even a, a policy for your business? Right. When you're buying any type of insurance policy, you want to make sure you're dealing with a company that has a strong reputation for service, for quality service, and also a company that is financially strong. And uh, you can check out the ratings of an insurer, uh, its financial strength ratings on a website with an uh, organization like AMBEST. You can go to ambest.com and you can see the financial strength ratings for those companies. Um, uh, you can also, in terms of, uh, you can look at JD Power Associates and other sorts of rankings to see see how companies do in terms of their, their service. You can talk to friends and you can talk to relatives about their experience. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a situation, it's a consideration uh, for your home, your business, and even for your vehicle that you want to take really, really seriously. Because when you are going to call your insurance company, this is uh, unfortunately going to be an usually a, a time in your life when you're going to be under some duress. You're going to be under some stress. And you want to have a good experience at that point. So you want to be dealing with a company that, uh, that rates really well in terms of a quality of service and financial strength. Sure, sure. And, and speaking of that time of duress, uh, you, our listeners will want to prepare in advance for, for times like this. Could you provide a disaster checklist for a small business? Absolutely. On our website, at, uh, you can uh, download a disaster uh, a checklist, but you want to uh, make sure that you've got the right coverage in the right amount. That's the number one consideration. Um, that is also a problem that many businesses uh, wind up uh, uh, only finding out about after a disaster and after it's too late. They did not purchase enough insurance and they did not have the right type of insurance. And so uh, take a look at your policy, take your policy out. We recommend you do an insurance checkup uh, once a year or so. And if you have any questions at all, call your agent, call your broker right away uh, before it's too late. They'll be able to quickly close any coverage gaps that you have. And we also suggest that, again, as I mentioned earlier, that you want to take an inventory of all your business possessions as well as your inventory for sale. And uh, you'll want to make photographic evidence of that and store it in a remote location. And we also suggest that, uh, that uh, you consider making your business more disaster resistant. Uh, that means investing in such things as uh, uh, roofs and doors and windows uh, that can help prevent the intrusion of wind uh, or water uh, or damage by fire. And usually you can make these sorts of improvements for uh, not too much money. It can actually earn you uh, an insurance discount. Um, and uh, so that's something you should very carefully consider is making your business somewhat more disaster resistant. Uh, you might consider investing in, uh, for example, uh, such things as 
is a, a modern fire suppression system. That can help get you a discount as well. Uh, even if it isn't related to a natural disaster, that's actually a very common type of risk that businesses face. Fire for example. And um, you know, if you are a business that you don't own the building yourself, you still need a tenant's policy. Okay, Some businesses uh, make the mistake of assuming that just because they don't own the building, that they are leasing space, that somehow the landlord is going to be responsible for the, the, the costs associated with repairing and replacing your inventory and your property. That is not going to be the case. And sadly, there's evidence after major disasters that as, as high as 25% of small businesses actually go under, not because of the damage from the disaster itself, actually. It's because of the lack of income afterwards. And so that's one major, major point is businesses need to buy a business interruption coverage. And what that does is that provides you with money that will tide you over while your business is being repaired or while it's being rebuilt. It provides you with your lost profits as well as any extra expenses that you might encounter if you need to relocate your business and oper uh, operate from a new location for a temporary period of time. Well, I know that that uh, business insurance would have helped a lot of the store owners in Baltimore and uh, in, in my area. Uh, there were recent riots a few months ago, and and a lot of the businesses were either disrupted or because of the curfews, they the restauranteurs right. and bars had to cut their their hours. Um, and so we're we're in this we're in this in this era of of penny pinching and making sure that we're being mindful of budgets. Uh, but we don't want to be uh, penny wise and pound foolish. Uh, how can how can our listeners save money on home? renters or business insurance policies, but still uh, have peace of mind knowing that they're properly insured. Right. Uh, what we recommend uh, in terms of saving money uh, is that you can consider uh, taking a higher deductible on your policy, for example. So long as you can afford to pay that deductible out of your own pocket, um, that is going to reduce your cost because the insurer won't be paying for the, the lowest dollar claims anymore. You'll be responsible for that. Um, and uh, you'll be responsible for a slightly higher proportion of any loss that occurs from a, ma a major disaster. But you'll be covered uh, for for everything above that, but that's going to save uh, some money there. That's one way uh, that you can do that. Um, you can also shop around. Okay, uh, if uh, you believe that you might be able to save money uh, with another insurer. Uh, you can ask your agent or your broker for some quotes. Now you want to make sure that again you're completely covered, particularly if you're a business, that uh, the reason why the quote is lower isn't because some type of coverage isn't being included. So you want to make sure you're comparing apples to apples, both in terms of the coverage and the quality of the insurer, both in terms of its financial strength uh, and its quality of service. So, But your agent or broker should be able to advise you as to that. So you know, higher deductibles, uh, shopping around, uh, those are two ways, and I mentioned earlier on, uh, investing in mitigation uh, in your home or your business to the extent that you take steps to uh, reduce the likelihood of a disaster uh, causing losses in your property or reducing the magnitude of those losses, that is, going to, that is going to reduce the expected losses for the insurance company and your policy costs, your premium will fall as a result of that. So that's a way to uh, 
it, it is a way to make sure that your business or your uh, stays up and running or is more likely to stay up and running after a disaster and that your home is going to be habitable after a disaster occurs um, and it's also a way to lower your insurance costs at the same time you're making an investment in this case in your home or your business and hopefully in the long run if you decide to sell it that will also increase the resale value of that home uh, or that business great point great point uh, and then my last question this is for the listeners that are are tuning into the podcast and they are saying hmm i don't think i have enough insurance or i didn't think to to document my my marketing closet or you know i have I have jewelry and TV at home, TVs at home that I don't think I listed on my insurance. Uh, is it ever too late to get more insurance or to amend uh, your current insurance policy? It, uh, it, generally, there's no time like the present to address any insurance shortcomings that you have. However, uh, in the, a good example would be flood insurance. Now, flood insurance takes 30 days to go into effect. Uh, so if, uh, if a, a storm that's going to cause storm surge uh, is, is barreling up the East Coast, um, it's simply going to be too late. So uh, it's also the case that if, a, for instance, a hurricane might be approaching the coast, um, insurers uh, likely will not sell that type of policy until the storm has passed. And there are obvious reasons for this. Uh, insurers don't want people buying coverage uh, you know, a day or two before a storm and then canceling it a day or two afterwards. Obviously, uh, it can't work in that respect. So what what you need to do is uh, just simply look at it this way. Um, there's no time like the present. If you identify any gaps, call your insurance professional immediately. They'll be able to address all those concerns very quickly and affordably for you. Right. It's, it's not like an umbrella. When you, when you see it, it's rainy, you can't just go and run in it and get it and then you're covered. That, that's right. You need to keep the coverage <laughs> in force 365 days a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Dr. Hart, this has been a great conversation. Um, where can our listeners go for more information about insurance and about your organization? Right. For more information about home and business insurance, we ask that you go to our the Insurance Information Institute's website at iii.org, and there you'll find free home inventory software uh, that you can use on your smartphone. And you'll also find lots of resources and videos for your home and business to help you be prepared for disasters of every sort. Uh, not only how to be prepared, but how to handle the claim filing process afterwards. Great. Thanks for joining me today, and uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. This has been another episode of Business, Life, and Coffee the only podcast that simulates the experience of having coffee with a mentor, industry expert, or fellow colleague. If you've enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read your comment on an upcoming show. You can find show notes, episodes, and resources for your career or business at businesslifeandcoffee.com. If you have a topic that you want to learn more about, but don't have time to grab coffee with an expert, Email us at info at businesslifeandcoffee.com and tune in for that topic on a future episode. Also, you can reach me at Twitter at JVP said. This is Joy Price signing out, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>